We just forgot the point at one point. Maybe, maybe the episode starts by you a, a dark atmosphere saying, oh, we don't have follow-ups for this episode. But then it's like every follow-up episode, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do. So I have personal follow-ups. I don't have a lot of listeners follow-up, but I had a listener feedback from Ayaris. And uh, he told me that it was an interesting episode, but there was not much he thought to comment on. It was more like one-way explanation, us explaining the price of ads, etc. Yep. And so he said it didn't invite any question. <laughs> yeah, there was no real debate, actually. It was just like, meh, we did that. Yeah, there was no big question for once. Well, I mean, you could still have follow-up questions. I have a bunch of follow-up questions. So, <laughs> so I'm going to moderate myself. There's a lot of stuff that I wanted to say on the last episode that I saved for this one. So Okay. I, I think there won't be any shortage of, of things. There's never any shortage of things. But So the first thing I wanted to talk about is why Twitter and how Twitter is a drama. <laughs> because I bet like anyone who knows me would be very surprised to see that I'm on Twitter now. I've always uh, hated Twitter, mostly because... So the reason I historically hated Twitter is because I found it detrimental to conversation. The character limit and the, the whole format is very, it seems like completely opposed to building an interesting conversation. And every time I see people making threads with like 10 tweets linked, a part of me dies because, I mean, you can say what you want about Facebook, but at least it has threaded conversations, <laughs> <laughs> like without character limit. Mm -hmm. But Lately, like I think one year ago, for the podcast actually, I jumped back into Twitter and I realized that I guess it's it's not that bad and and the the, the it made me think of I don't know if you noticed this trend, but it's things like the the thing that I used to think was the worst thing ever is not the worst thing ever anymore because now there's Instagram and TikTok which are even less than one hundred characters. And I had the same thing with video games where I used to like despise World of Warcraft and then like League of Legends came along and now World of Warcraft is the cool kid again. So you're basically lowering your expectation. Yeah. The society is going down so fast that... Or maybe we're just changing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell if no video game had come out, would I still judge... What was what was after? Oh yeah, after League of Legends, there was Fortnite, which was kind of worse. I don't know. The, so this kind of conversation devolves too quickly to like, oh, the good old times were better and everything's going to shit, which is obviously very biased. So it's a bit hard to tell what is true and what is just your own bias. I think like we're going somewhere. Like it's changing. Uh, <laughs> it's changing and we don't like the way it's changing and the fact that we don't like it is because we're old but the thing is like it's changing and we know toward 
what before it was just like let's earn more money and now we know what companies are doing to earn more money and we have a very clear path forward so so which we didn't have before yeah, yeah. that is true i want i want to agree but i do know also that the history of mankind is the history of doomers saying oh this is the end of time ever since like antique greece people were saying all oh, this they were saying oh the the invention of writing is going to ruin the kids memories so it's 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 hard to sort out your thoughts to say we're the first old generation that can say like that's bullshit it seems a bit pretentious to say that <laughs> but to be honest we are a very specific generation that lived through a change in civilization we have a lot more information than anyone before meaning like we are very different than like the next generation which like didn't know what the world was like without internet which i think makes for a very different kind of human <laughs> And how do you, like, you, you need to navigate that versus the, the bias of, like, you know, you, you have your own like, kind of survival bias of your own position. You only have access to your own point of view. So you, like, I don't know. It's, it seems like a landmine conversation and way too open. <laughs> I don't know. I need to talk to more kids, I guess. Kids. I don't <laughs> Just saying kids is already, like... <laughs> Jesus. When we're old. No, I... I refuse that. My small cousins that are 15, 16. I mean, next time, like at Christmas, I really need to ask them, how do they organize their party? Because they're all on TikTok and Instagram. And I'm like, how? Like they use the DMs. And I'm like, but how do you organize people with DMs? Yeah, that's, that's bad. But uh, I, I think it's very telling. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much what I was saying about Twitter, right? Like, yeah. So still like a very bad product like very, very bad affordances and people use them do people use that like i think it's just journalists at that point no twitter i don't know i, I have no idea who's on twitter anymore <laughs> i think it's just a pro thing like there's no more normal people on twitter there's but well, i think there's journalists and like software engineers yeah. maybe maybe that's why now you liked it because like there's cool people in it now well i didn't say i like it <laughs> <laughs> I said I, I I just like understood that there's so much worse. <laughs> I mean, like you use it quite a bit for someone that doesn't like it. Well, so there's a reason why I like it is because I discovered that it was very bot friendly and that like if I get to tinker an experiment that tickles my scientist bone. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you in partnership with a brand new technology that allows you to, by merely pressing a few buttons, change your neural structure and incept into your brain thousands of limitless worlds and adventures. Does the one real world feel too small for you? Well, never fear, you have an infinity at your disposal with our new sponsor, Video Games. So... If I was one of our listeners, the first thing I would have asked is, what about your sample size? What makes you think it was anything significant at all? 10 euros is probably not significant, it but like, not. what is significant? Do you have any intuition of like how many? Are you asking me that? Wow. Well, I'm asking you if you have an intuition, you can say no, and then we move on. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> because I don't. That's my that's my thing. You know a little bit more about this kind of math than I do, so I wanted to ask you. <laughs> If you say no, that's fine. It really depends on what you're doing. The problem with this sort of algorithm, usually this platform, and I think Twitter does, we just didn't really see, like we didn't use the tool. But they say if like a campaign is better than another one in a significant way or not. And why like they can do that and we can't is because we don't know the Math. target population. Like oh. we just don't, <laughs> we just don't know what is targeting at all. So we don't we can't really know for sure if it's a good representation of something that we don't oh, know of. How many people we reached? Okay. So because there's so many unknown, it's a bit hard to say like just a number. After that, like when you get to like the ten thousand, I think you can fairly say that any any result would be significant just because it works like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, but you're right that uh, it's a very nebulous problem because it all uh, depends a lot on who you're trying to reach your samples and what you're trying to do. So let me segue like a professional into the next topic using this, uh, this pretense to give you a very concrete little exercise of, uh, of stats. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> Tell me the sample size for this particular thing. Such so time. Uh, <laughs> last time I, I teased that I had a lot of things to say about the way I use Twitter. Yeah. And so the first thing we're going to talk about is followbacks. Okay. So, little intro. <laughs> so, I come from Tumblr, which, incidentally, you introduced me to. So, it's all your fault. But so, on Tumblr, you kind of like randomly follow people and you follow thousands of people, etc. It's very, a very wide social network, let's say. At least that's the impression I'm getting. <laughs> and so, sometimes when you follow people, they follow you back and you start forming friendship, bonds, whatever. And so, I had the idea of trying that on Twitter when I moved to Twitter because I moved to Twitter very recently. So what I did is Twitter search for some keywords or whatever and followed some people on that Twitter search and looked at whether or not they were following me back, which gives me a percentage of follow back per Twitter search. How many data points do you think I need to make this significant, <laughs> to make this uh, percentage significant? <laughs> you can say I don't know. <laughs> It's essentially a quality, a binary quality on the population, right? Follow me back or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm doing a percentage of the people who have this qual this quality. Yes, yes. How many? How big of a sample do I need to have an idea that is not completely bullshit? I, I have a weird feeling that it's nothing. Like it's like 10. Well, so I did, uh, I did like very vague computations. And by the way, dear listener, feel free to chime in because that's the point where I really need help. <laughs> But with a, a quick back of the envelope computation, I landed on 30. You know, like it just, there's a calculation. It's called like a sample size calculation. I mean, I'm so, I'm so pissed at myself because I did create a little like JavaScript dashboard for more in my first internship to do this kind of calculation. Oh. And you have no intuition left. <laughs> so so I, I had this knowledge at one point in my life. I did a little software about this knowledge at one point in my life. And now it's been two years that I didn't do basically any statistics. Completely forgot everything, which is a bit insane. Well, it's, it's a bit of a shame because I think like the order of magnitude for this precise thing, like you have X data points, is it at all worth anything or not? <laughs> is a good order of magnitude to have in mind. But truth be told, it was more of a segue excuse for me. So <laughs> actually, I was able to follow 
50 people per day, something like that, before getting banned. So it's already over two years it accumulates. Yeah, but, uh, well, quite a bit. So when I'm doing that, I write down everything, I take notes. Well, first of all, do you want to venture a guess about the order of magnitude of the follow-back percentage in general? I think like... You can say no. <laughs> yeah, no, I do, I do. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Um, like 2%? Well, okay, so uh, the order of magnitude I'm getting is between zero, obviously, it's mm-hmm. just some that goes zero, and up to 25, 30%. I've seen 30% at some point. What? But the confidence interval probably was very big at that time. <laughs> but my leaders are around 20% of follow-back. You have 20% follow-back? Yeah. I don't understand Twitter. Because I, I was like, obviously, most of them are not active. So like that removes already, like for me, like 70%. Well, uh, no, if they are not active, they wouldn't serve and search. Uh, <laughs> Baka. <laughs> I don't know how it works. Of course, they, pr- they promote latest content. That's a social network. They always do that. Yeah, but I mean, it could, it could... I don't know, like, I'm not sure many people use uh, hashtag psychoanalyst, for example. So, like, it could just, like, bump up all tweets. That's, that is true. That's something I'm contending with, and I'm looking at that, too. But, uh... Okay. Let's, let's, let's just assume for now that we're not bottlenecked by the number of tweets. <laughs> but that's why, that's why not all searches are, are the same, right? That's why you see differences. <laughs> okay, so, like, ba- basically what you're saying is, like, if you want to grow a Twitter channel, like, following someone is a good way to do it. Well, that is how I did it. <laughs> okay. It's a good way up to a certain point because you can only follow 50% people per day. Yeah. I'm sure that if you buy bots, uh, buy followers online, like, you can grow it even faster. Well, uh, if you completely cheat, obviously you can grow it faster. But well, Is it cheating? Is it not cheating? I don't know. Well, that's, that's, I'm just presenting my way of growing a uh, channel. I mean, I think buying followers is a bit cheating. Buying followers is completely cheating. Is what I'm doing cheating? I don't know. Because I do select like the keywords and I follow the people who post the tweets that I find interesting. So like They have a choice to follow you back or not. Yeah. I, I would literally do the same thing using Tumblr organically. So uh, I don't know. I think it's fine. You have my ethical stamp of approval. <laughs> so to come back to what I was saying before, I follow the people, I note how many follow me back, and I note the keywords. So I know I have a score of how good this keyword is, basically. That's what I'm getting in the end. And at some point in the middle of, my, uh, of me doing that, I had the idea of instead of looking for a keyword like in free text, I could look at a Twitter search that starts by an arrow buzz, which means like people who replied to a particular Twitter. Because when you reply to a tweet, or when you reply to someone, it starts with their username. So, so far, so good. And so the idea is, was that, my idea is that if I do that I will find people more engaged than random text search. I am happy to announce that I have results on that which is if uh, on average I get 7% of follow back without uh, the Arobas and 9% with the Arobas. Okay yeah that's clearly significant. So it's not amazingly more but it's a little more which I was happy to see a confirmation of my intuition. Yeah. 
It's always nice to see to see your confirmation bias at work. <laughs> Another thing I checked is at some point I found a Twitter that was listing all the people that are philosophers or professors of philosophy on Twitter. And in particular, you know, Twitter is a social network, so it has the social graph that you would expect. And therefore, there is a few accounts that dominate the conversation, that the, the hubs of the network. So I thought, is there a difference between these hubs and the non-hub people in the follow-back rate? And it turns out that uh, not really. I got 14%, 14, and 15, 14 for non-hub and 15 for hub. I don't think that's significant. What's your actual definition of hub? Uh, the top 10 biggest, most connected, most retweeted, I think. Another interesting data point is well no let's let's not go into the, to that first let's guess which of the keywords were very efficient on the not daily podcast twitter Ooh. Uh, i mean if you want to guess or otherwise i can tell you uh, i want to guess like that's fun so if you guess something that i tried i can give you a number <laughs> so a keyword on like philosophy Uh, so philosophy, I, pro I tried it, but I have so many derivatives of philosophy. Yeah, Let me so. <laughs> oh, philosophy of mind. Is that what you meant? Well, I, I was going to guess that next, but... Yeah, well, then let's do that. But that I actually have a lot of data on. Okay. Philosophy of mind. I uh, clocked 180 attempts. Like I followed 180 people. Out of that, I have 16.2% follow back rate. Okay, that is working well. It's uh, it's one of my tops, yeah. If we were playing, uh, what is that, Family Feud, you'd have the little card flipping. Ooh. That, that works. <laughs> have you tried like, something with consciousness, like the word consciousness? Uh, probably. Yes, I have uploaded consciousness. Okay. 150 data points. It's at 13%. Okay. So yeah, ever since the very start, I wanted to go niche, right? <laughs> it's my hidden like underlying assumption that niche content because this is a niche content that I would like to see so I didn't go for vague stuff but I still went for the philosophy vibe because it yielded good results compared to I don't know I have so with YouTube related keywords I got less like success than uh, than philosophy so I, I quickly optimized for philosophy <laughs> talking about philosophy have you tried like the good place the, the as show? a keyword yeah no I didn't I didn't mostly because it's over so I don't think people would still be talking about it mm, makes sense. quite as much though I did try a lot of people working on this show like the people who are behind us so the good place is sure but I don't think I have Michael sure I don't even know if he has Twitter but so the reason I'm talking about this is because one of the big successes in followback that I had and that I didn't expect and that dominated my top of followbacks for a while uh, was Ricky Gervais okay the the comedian from who created the office uh, it turns out that 18.5% of his followers follow me <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Ricky, Ricky Gervais, he's a pretty active user on Twitter. So I was able to like look for his username and see the replies of people. And I actually never saw the same person twice. I saw the same person twice only in 1% of the cases because I have that stat too. <laughs> which, which helps me see if the topic is dead or not. The, the churn redundancy score. But yeah, so my big successes were mostly related to philosophy. So the personal people was like Ricky Gervais. I had Sam Harris is relatively successful and Richard Dawkins too. 
because I thought that our content was pretty much in the same vibe, more or less. That's what Samaris does anyway. Oh, I have... Uh, oh, no, 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 there's... Okay, sorry. I forgot to mention when we were talking about philosophy before that there is a hashtag philosophy Twitter that is pretty famous and that's on top of my uh, follow back list at 21.7% follow back. Okay, but like that's clearly like general philosophy. Yeah, but it's a hashtag and not a... Not a keyword. Okay, fine. But so the top right now is the podcast Philosophy Now with only 94% data, 94 data points, but 25% follow back. So I'm pretty... Uh, thank you for all the Philosophy Now listeners. <laughs> Have you tried, like, what, what's the philosopher got? Like, uh, Chomsky! <laughs> no, I don't have anything about Chomsky. Really? There's only so many things I like, I tried. Uh, okay, okay. I tried Lacan. It's not going very well. Nine <laughs> percent. No, no kidding. But like, on how many people? Uh, one hundred thirteen. Oh, it's pretty much the same stats as Lenin. One hundred thirty, ten percent follow back. <laughs> <laughs> so while doing this, I used my heuristics that I got from the literature in machine learning of the explore versus exploit trade-off and then i explore in one third of the cases i think something like that and exploit in two thirds are you still doing that now yeah yeah like is it worth yeah. it don't you think you should like exploit a bit more now that it's been two years that you're like exploring well so one thing that happened in uh, very very recently like in the last few months is that i started twitter as a person versus as the daily podcast so i started this whole system again <laughs> on another account so now i can have fresh stats and this is very interesting because uh, parts of me wondered like oh is the follow-back behavior different when you're on a person versus when you're on a brand like a podcast i mean you would think so you would think so right and so i have stats about that <laughs> so on my personal account i get the same order of magnitude Uploaded consciousness is 5% higher. I have a lot less data, obviously. One interesting data point I can give you is the text search for Lévi-Strauss, which surprised me by its success. <laughs> so I don't know much about him. Just like I put that as a random thing and I got 15% follow back. So I was like, oh, great. And in my, as a person, I got 22% follow back. So I guess uh, you can expect a 5% bump if you're... <laughs> if you're a person versus a podcast. I think you, you would more easily follow back a person than you would follow a brand. That was, uh, that was my, uh, my assumption too. Which doesn't mean that a person is necessarily bigger on Twitter, right? It's just this follow back method works better with people. Well, I mean, like, if you follow a brand, basically, like, usually it's because you want to follow what they're doing and follow the updates. And, like, that's your expectation of a brand. It's not to follow their thought, basically. And you are using, like, you were using the daily podcast as a personal account, basically, not really as a as a brand account, just saying updates. Well, I was doing both, right? Uh, putting our updates and trying to pad in the middle with uh, random thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you see what other podcasters are doing, their Twitter are usually just like tweeting about new episodes. Yeah, I see that. But every guide on how to be popular on Twitter tells you to make advantage of the fact that it's a fast moving social network and you should post like six times a day, which is also why we post our episodes like 40 times uh, or something. <laughs>
Do you ever feel paralyzed faced with a difficult choice? When there's simply too many options, it's easy to get lost. This is called choice paralysis. Thankfully, we have a solution. Thanks to this axiom developed by our top scientist Ernst Zermelo, you'll always be able to choose an element in any non-empty set. Let's talk about the content, the most interesting part. So I am obviously uh, monitoring everything. <laughs> I don't know, I like graphs, sue me. <laughs> I like spreadsheets and graphs. I downloaded pretty much all the Twitter analytics into a spreadsheet so that I can compare easily. For instance, the tweets that promotes our episodes versus the tweet that just, I'm going to say pad, <laughs> like the random shit post, whatever. And I can do that because all the tweets that promote our episode are tagged with an hashtag NDP. A word about the metric, what I'm looking at uh, when I'm looking at tweets. To me, there is two main things, like the reach, how many people was it shown to, like did it reach, and the engagement, like the click-through rate essentially. And if you multiply the two, you get how many people clicked through the thing, so the, what I call the synthesis score. Why? So, because sometimes you have more reach, sometimes you have more click-through rate, and sometimes you have just like overall better. So for instance, the tweets about the episodes reach pretty much the same number of people. On average, it's around 70 people that they reach. But the click-through rate, well, the engagement rate, the engagement could mean like or retweet, click, I think. <laughs> uh, the engagement rate is much lower, 0.3% versus 1%. Much lower than your random tweet. So shit posts is better for engagement than uh, promotional tweets. That is a side. That is understandable. <laughs> I mean, when you try to promote something, people are reluctant as default stance versus when you give your random thoughts, people... The thing is, you're saying that it's promotion. What I'm saying is I think people also use Twitter to know what's happening. And some people might follow us to know if there's a new episode. So that's why... So I guess, yeah, the conclusion is that people follow us for the shit post yeah. rather than, uh... than the podcast. There is another interesting hashtag that I use on Twitter to single out the tweets that were generated by bots versus humans. Hashtag uh, shit my GPT-2 says. Ah uh, yeah, I know that tag. And so of course it's not completely outside of humans. Like uh, I, I heavily, heavily select what I like in GPT-2's output. Something like 0.1% of what it gives me make it through or something like that. Very crazy. Like it's still essentially human, but it is textually generated by AI. Do you think the tweets generated by AI are better or not? Way better. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so they have about the same reach, but the engagement is triple. 0.3 versus 1. But I've seen them and like they're so good. The, the issue with them is like it's not because it's written by AI, it's just because it's, they're so curated that they're actually good posts. Like it's just interesting, like and it's a fun little exercise. Basically. I don't think that all of the people that see it realize that it's from an AI. <laughs> In fact, I had to explain it to one person so I know that there is at least one person who didn't understand the hashtag. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, if you don't know what GPT-2 is, this hashtag is meaningless to you. <laughs> that is true. But how are you doing that? Like, what's your process? This is an excellent question. So the tweets the, from ShitMyGPT2 says are trained on first all the other tweets that are from my thoughts. <laughs> I think I throw in promotional material too, like all our tweets. 
And I also throw in the previous shit GPT-2 says, positive feedback loop, kind of, because like you know, there's only so much training you can do in GPT-2. But there's also a bunch of people I like slash admire slash think are relevant to what we're doing, like the podcasts that I think are closest to what we do. Love. I use Sam Harris's tweets. Uh, oh, some tweets that I find very well written, like Welcome to Night Vale or The Cryptobiologists okay. are really well written. Uh, some tweets from Twitter that I think are similar to us, like the Embrace the Void podcast, Philosophy Tube, uh, Existential Comics, uh, who tweet like tweets that I think are insightful, let's say, funny, insightful, etc. So I throw that in the mix. I train on that <laughs> and select what's out, what comes out. And that makes a little, uh, that makes a Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> And it's better than anything I could have come up with by myself, apparently, according to metrics. Well, yeah, it's interesting. So now that I have my little uh, spreadsheet to do inquiries, you can, if you want, I can compare tweets with or without a certain word, a certain thing. So for instance, one of the things I looked at is, is it better to have hashtags in the tweet? Turns out that maybe counterintuitively, the reach is way better without hashtags, but the engagement is off the charts with hashtags. Okay, that is weird. Like I saw hashtag was about rich people that was looking for stuff basically well i don't know i so one of the things that struck me when uh, i tried it is it feels a bit forced when you use hashtags okay maybe the hashtag game is kind of done yeah and maybe i'm not using the right hashtags too right hashtag is more like circumstantial and i'm more like you know hashtag philosophy is <laughs> i don't know how much you can tell from that i guess i'm seeing less and less hashtag on twitter well, for example, on Instagram, I think it works because everyone is hashtagging 10,000 stuff. So I guess there's something there. And uh, Twitter has started to pick up uh, freeform text in their trending hashtags. So I guess people don't bother anymore, maybe. Another thing I looked at, for instance, is the arrow sign. Like if you mention someone, do you get better engagement? And you obviously get a lot better engagement <laughs> uh, because it's like uh, if you reply to someone it's seen by all their followers well it's seen by more f some of their followers and they engage more with the content uh, i looked at stuff like if you have an exclamation mark or if you have a link if you have a link do you, is the engagement better or worse it's worse <laughs> if you have http in the in there but I can, so I have the spreadsheet right now. So if you have yes. an idea, I can try it live. Um, have you tried mm, capitalism? Oh, I, I have tried capitalism probably at some point. And this is good because we probably have a lot of tweets with and without. <laughs> so this makes it significant. So capitalism has a little more engagement and a little more reach with than without. Oh, how many tweets is it based on? 84, 84 tweets about capitalism, so sad. Okay, and can you try communism? Communism, I don't think there's a lot of tweets. There's only five tweets, so it's, uh, it's not very significant, but it loses in engagement. People engage more with capitalism. Capitalism win again. Well, I mean, I know our content is probably rants against capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> I know that people, like, I wish I had a uh, sentiment analysis because I think people do engage more with, like, negative, angry tweets and this kind of stuff. You think that capitalism is an angry world? It's judged by our audience. No, but our tweets about capitalism are more angry than our tweets about communism. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is an extension. Uh, I, I know the content. Ooh, topically. Have you tried anything about meta? I probably did. That sounds like something I would do. <laughs> now it's trademarked. Well, it was all the tweets are probably before the trademark. There's 50 tweets about meta. And they are less performant than the tweets without meta. But they are a little bit more rich. Little bit more rich. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's let's see like philosophy. If you have philosoph without the why so that it can be philosophical. Wow, it's a 50-50 split, like it's exactly the same. <laughs> Whether or not you talk about philosophy is irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> It shows that like it's basically our base. I guess yeah. It's it's uh, ultimately it's only like the stats of people who are following us on Twitter. Exactly. Right. Okay. Mm, have you tried uh, Smiley? I know it might be hard, but I don't think I smiley a lot. Well, my smiley is. Uh, I I can try XD, <laughs> but so this search is case sensitive. So okay, okay. No, I have I have results with XD on uh, ninety tweets. That's quite a bit. The 90 tweets with XD had a lot less reach, but a lot more engagement, which seems to suggest that, I don't know, maybe they were reactive to some very, something very specific, but it seems to confirm the intuition that emotion sells, <laughs> <laughs> if I can put it that way. And exclamation mark is... Yeah, exclamation mark also has less en- less reach but more engagement. So I guess emotions do make for engaging tweets. That would make a bit of sense. But so let's switch gears a little bit because uh, I was a little bit like you when I switched uh, when I got this tool. Like, what am I? What could I even look for? Like, uh, so I did some. I tried to split all the tweets per word, get rid of the stop words that are not meaningful, like the of is or something like that and see which were the best words to have on twitter yeah. the best words to have uh, to have engagement it's a bit hard to do with google spreadsheets we're so nearing the limit of the capabilities of google spreadsheets because if you split each tweet by words it makes a lot of words but i have here a pre-computed selection of words that i can talk about so what are the best word for both reach and engagement last time i looked at it because uh, i don't know <laughs> how significant this is this changes uh words like flagging utilitarian purposes designed agreed clone shouldn't crisis banks flag again christian worse careful biggest sorry atheist Greed, destro- destroying. Have you tried to create the perfect tweet with all of these words? Exactly. Yeah, that's what. Uh, that's what. Uh, that's the next step, right? But so notice that these words. So I'm talking about the overall score, but you can look at the words that have more reach. So shouldn't view should, family fundamental. No one, physics, individuality have a lot of reach. And the words that have a lot of engagement, so let me destroy. Uh, utilitarian purposes, uh, flag careful, design, clone, crisis. A lot of uh, usernames <laughs> <laughs> have a lot of engagement because uh, 
there are replies. But yeah, so you get a little uh, a little bit of a vibe from from this list of words, and that's what I got inspired to in for last episode. Remember the flame oh, wars yeah, 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 yeah. that didn't perform very well. But long before last episode, I tried I tried to combine all the top words at the time. So it was at the beginning of the project, so the words changed a little bit. I combined them into a tweet that. Uh, try to make a little bit of sense <laughs> the tweet was i've never quite loved how consumer brand evolution always destroys morality construct it's a bit of a mouthful <laughs> destroy uh, destroyed remain com- consistent <laughs> so cute and so this tweet uh did not perform very great <laughs> so i guess the words only make sense with other words that's a very important <laughs> lesson <of> today <laughs> But you still get a vibe of what kind of tweet it is, like outrage, uh, like shouldn't, stuff, very controversial topic, religion, politics, destroy, ruin, crisis. And it's funny that at this scale, you confirm what I'm sure like tons of research labs have seen uh, by doing wide scale analysis, but we are not impervious to that. <laughs> And said my so the perfect tweet, this perfect tweet had no retweet, no comment, no like. How sad is that? Zero like, engagement. It is the perfect tweet. Yeah. The science says it. I think the people are wrong. The tweet cannot be wrong. It's still fun that you came to the same conclusion that like everyone is having with like Facebook and like saying that like horrible tweets get the most engagement. Yeah, I mean, the, it's, it, uh, if you see it with such a small bias sample, it must be a very, very clear phenomenon. <laughs> okay, so what else did I want to talk about? I think that's all I had for the world. So I guess uh, I had also generic conclusions that I uh, can end with. We dived into particulars, but the first thing I looked at was obviously stuff very generic, like what time of day is best for engagement, because... I, if you remember last episode, I do consider our audience very worldwide and like I don't have really any insight of, like I, I post my tweet via a bot, so it can, like I'm very used to Tumblr, so I enqueue the tweets so that it can be posted asynchronously. So I can post them at any time, I don't mind. And it turns out that there is no particular best time, really. <laughs> Really? That's a bit weird. Yeah, that's a bit surprising. But uh, I mean, we are worldwide, aren't we? Yeah, that is true. I mean, there is. <laughs> it goes up and down, but I don't think the <laughs> there's any clear stuff that's not even out, any but... days. I don't know, like Saturday, Sunday versus week. Oh, I didn't do it per day. I was very worried about the time of the day because I don't, I'm not gonna say t- tell to my queue like wait until Wednesday. <laughs> Can tell to my queue, okay, wait until 3 p.m. Why not? But I don't know. You could save your best tweet for the best days. I think that's too much effort (laughs) (laughs) this whole follow follow back technique gives us a steady income of followers (laughs) which some people may call it cheating but i just call that activity when you're active on tumblr you get followers most are porn bots but uh, we get a steady influx of followers but uh, i don't know if they are high quality followers because as followers grow the likes don't, the engagement stays a bit constant. And weirder, the reach, the number of prints seems a bit constant. Because maybe like the, the Twitch only reach active user. So like your old user become an active. 
Yeah, so that may be that may be the churn uh, churn in usage. That may also be the platform, right? Like giving everyone, uh, like balancing people, <laughs> not giving me more. <laughs> it's funny that we come to the same conclusion as everyone that we're really at the mercy of the inner workings on the platforms. <laughs> so it's it's amazing that there's entire conferences dedicated to trying to reverse engineer and understand. Like, I mean, we're doing it in a, as a game, as a little experiment, but there's a whole business. <laughs> I mean, all like now, like all marketing team is basically doing that all day. And it's actually a good skill to have for like basically all of your projects. I don't know, because it's extremely niche. (laughs) (laughs) And if you remember our contest, I was not able to significantly outperform you even with all my back, uh, like my investigations. Luck is a big factor, I think. Yeah, I mean, luck is the biggest factor ever. Everywhere, right? See that in the industry. Like what the whole industry is doing is just A-B testing stuff and see what sticks, basically. So it's basically saying, oh, let luck out. Then let's exploit this luck out. Now, the real sad part of like luck and all of this is when you apply it to like the human population. Obviously, success is very feeble. Only one person lucks out and makes it big on YouTube or whatever or out of I don't know how many hundreds or thousands. If, if it's one branch of Facebook experiment lucking out, it's fine. But if it's like one person, it's thousands of people who, who work and don't get rewarded. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the whole issue with YouTube more so than like any other platform, I guess. That's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> but what about a Twitter account? Why haven't I looked out and become big on Twitter? <laughs> I mean, I think like to be honest, Twitter is just second hand fame. Like there's no like Twitter famous people. That is that is a very good point. I think that's the conclusion. That's why all my attempts were doomed from the start. And I wasted two years of my life. Okay, conclusion. So, don't go on Twitter if you want to become famous. Go elsewhere. Follow us on Twitter so that I feel good about uh, my experiments and engage with our tweets. No, but click on the episodes mostly <laughs> because they they need love. They are not very beloved tweets. The tweets that I, I write like 50 tweets to promote each episode and they get less engagement than like random th- thoughts generated by AI. How sad is that? So give love to those tweets and uh, <laughs> and follow us on everything. Give us more follow-up on social media so you don't have to listen to me rambling about all my experiments. Everywhere, on YouTube, Twitter, Reddit, and email. Though Twitter is the only platform I do experiments on. <laughs> <laughs> but Reddit is a better format to actually have a conversation. Reddit is like uh, no question, way better for conversations. Anyway, we are desperate. <laughs> desperate. We are desperate for comments. Please say something. <laughs> we'll pay you. Apparently, <laughs> you can't do that twice in a row. That can't be our new conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pay you, but not tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>